Hello, and welcome to the River Audio Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We believe God has something unique to say to you, and our hope is that you feel His love stronger today than ever before. Enjoy the message. John chapter 12 in verse 42. I'll take just a sliver more on my monitor if I can have it. It won't take much because it's almost there anyway. John chapter 12 in verse 42. And the scripture says, Nevertheless, Many did believe in him, even among the rulers. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, so that they would not be banned from the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than praise from God. I want to read it again. Nevertheless, Many did believe in him, even among the rulers. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, so that they would not be banned from the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than praise from God. Pray with me. Father, thank you again for today. Thank you for this this moment of time. Thank you for this opportunity to share your word And I need your help completely in order to do that. I am asking that you fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. Grab hold of my thoughts and my words. Help me to yield to you that you may flow, that you may share the heart of the Father with the heart of the people today. Help me. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. This could go a lot of directions, the information in this little verse. But I just want to start by saying there is a big difference. (laughs) Thank you, Siri. I want to say that there is a big difference between believing in something and believing on something. Somebody say, believing in, believing on. There is a big difference believing in something and believing on something. Throughout your Bible reading, if you think about this this little thought, believing in, believing on, you'll begin to see many places, uh, and when you read the context of the passage, even if they use the term believing in, you'll say, oh, I think this is a little more than in, I think this is on. How many of you know we're reading a, uh, a Hebrew and a Greek Bible, we're reading it in English? And so we read it with the help of the Holy Spirit, and we use the the context. To believe in something means I know that it is real. 
I agree that it is correct. I know that it is true. But that doesn't mean I'm living according to it. I believe, let's get the old stool out again here, our trusty stool. I believe in this stool. Absolutely believe in it. I can see it. I can feel it. Feel the weight of it. I can hear it when it drops. I believe in this stool. But I'm not resting in it. I'm not sitting on it. I'm not taking advantage of it. I'm not reaping the benefits of it. I can believe in it all day long, but believing in it doesn't put me on it. And there is a big difference in believing in something and believing on something. I believe that the government exists. But I'm not trusting it to take care of me. Come on, somebody. You can believe in something without believing on it. If I were to turn the mic off and leave right now, we've already preached and learned a lot. Because it's not enough to believe in, I have to believe on. There are a lot of people that are quick to tell you how much they believe in God. But the problem is that the demons of hell also believe. Come on, somebody. You believe in Jesus, but do you believe on Jesus? I would say living in this area and growing up where most of us grew up, I would say that the majority of the people that are here, before you came to Christ, you probably believed in God. You probably would have said if someone asked you that the Bible was true and that you believe that Jesus was born and laid in a little manger and grew up and died on a cross, you probably would have said all of those things. But how many of you, perhaps even in the last few years, are learning how to believe on him instead of just believe in him? You've, you've learned how to lean on him and to trust and put faith in him that now you are experiencing the reality of him in your life. Not just simply knowing that he exists. Many people reject what they know in pursuit of what they want. There are people that close their eyes to what they know is true. To pursue and hold on to what they wish was true. Or what they want. Many people ignore God's way because they can't see Him to gain the world's praise because it satisfies the flesh. There are people that reject 
eternal pursuits to be the person that has the most money and the best stuff now. They enjoy the attention and the accolades of people more than laying up those treasures which are of eternal value. There are people that are more interested in the world's measure of success than pursuing God's purpose in those things which are going to last for eternity. You see, we're not able to see with our eyes those things which are eternal. It doesn't satisfy the flesh to sacrifice for those things which maybe we can't see. It's a lot easier to enjoy the temporal that we can feel with our hands and we can see with our eyes and taste with our mouth than to deny ourselves sometimes these things to do what God says really matters. And there are many, many people, even within church, within ministry, there are many people that reject God's ways to appear great in the eyes of people and to receive the praise of men. It satisfies the flesh. This is where we find the people in our text today. And perhaps find ourselves in some ways. We'll read the text again. Nevertheless, many did believe in him. Even among the rulers. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him. So that they would not be banned from the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than praise from God. Here are people whose whole society revolves around their religion. Their religion. In these days and times, a king did not do anything without a word from a prophet. Come on. There have been many times when presidents didn't do anything without consulting Billy Graham. Come on, somebody. And now Billy Graham is gone, and also the White House has no regard for Jesus. But we're praying about this. Come on. But their whole society revolved around their religion, revolved around the synagogue, revolved around the temple. To have a position, we'll just take some liberty and say in the church. To have a position in the church meant to have a position in society. It meant to have social status. It meant to have respect. It meant to be revered. It meant people might get out of your way when you were walking down the sidewalk and they had all of their garb on. So to have a position in the synagogue meant something to them. It meant a lot to their flesh. It meant a lot to their pride. Now, there were many of these. They knew who Jesus really was. They knew that he was Messiah. They knew he was the Savior. They knew that he had fulfilled these prophecies. But they refused 
to acknowledge Jesus for who he was because they would have been thrown out of their position in the synagogue. Can you imagine rejecting Jesus so you could stay in your church? Could you imagine being so in love with whatever you are in the ministry that if you find out that you're wrong and that God is really something else, someone else, another way, that you will refuse who God really is to hang on to what religion says he is so that you can keep your uniform and your badge and how people see you in the community. Even the rulers knew who Jesus was, but they were in love with their position in the church house. They loved the praise they received from people more than they loved the presence of God in their midst. They loved their title more than they loved the truth. And we're talking about a people that actually literally saw Jesus himself in human form, day in and day out, walking around the streets and performing miracles. He's right there. Can you imagine having lived in a time where you could actually know Jesus, like shake his hand and sit down with him and eat with him? They had an opportunity. They lived in that small that small time span in history that they could know the Son of God in his time on the earth in a flesh body and rejected him while knowing it to keep their status. So they believed in Jesus, but they believed on people. Do you know how many times that God has tried to move in a church or on a people, but they rejected the move of God because of pride and how it might make them look and because they were too dignified? Do you know there are people that God moves on them, but they've never even in their life got their hands up, they can maybe, maybe they get right about here. You know, people praise different. Some of them is just this, some of them here, some of them get them up about here. There are people that God has moved on, and they can't even step outside of what somebody might think of them or feeling uncomfortable to experience whatever it is that God wants to do because they're holding on. Do you hear what I'm telling you today? We are more like these Pharisees than we would like to think that we are. Whenever we read the Bible, we always make ourselves the hero. And we never are. When we read the Bible, we're supposed to see ourselves aligned with the one that's the, the mess and the failure and the loser. And we're supposed to see the hero as merciful, graceful Jesus who looks past our failure and sees us in our need 
and rescues us and restores us in spite of us. They believed in Jesus, but they believed on people. They knew what was, what was true, but they were too worried about human beings to experience what God was trying to do right there in their life. Am I talking to anybody today? How many times do we miss eternal purpose for earthly pleasure? How many times do we miss God's heart for temporary treasures? How often have we missed God's very best for religious busyness? There are people that are so busy with ministry, they don't have time for God. There are folks that are too churchy to experience what God is doing. There are folks that are too wrapped up in the plan that they have asked God to bless instead of God's plan that they are supposed to join him in. God will be evidently doing something in a life around a person, but they don't have time because they've got this ministry going on. How often have we missed God so that we could do something we were able to measure and show off to people? We can ignore, many times, we can ignore the real change that we need while reciting a checklist of works to pretend we're okay. You hear me? How many times have we ignored the real change that needs to happen in order to recite to ourselves a checklist of all the things we've done so we can pretend we can distract ourselves from this that actually needs to take place? I'll just look at all of this. Well, I got this right. Well, I did this right. I accomplished this. I gave this. And we can busy ourselves so we don't have to deal with what we know God is really trying to do on the inside of us. Maybe you'll understand it better if I say it this way. If I can get enough people on Facebook to agree with me, I can ignore what I know is right down on the inside. I don't really want to deal with what I'm actually supposed to do, but I know there are a lot of people just like me out there, so I will rally them, and I'll get them so stirred up that I don't have to pay attention to what I know is right because I've got a lot of people who agree with me. We have perfected the art of rallying a crowd to be louder than our conscience. Let's say it again. We have perfected the art of rallying a crowd to be louder 
than our conscience. But at the end of the day, at the end of the big day, but also at the end of every day, at the end of the celebration of you in the loneliness of your pillow, there is still a little voice, a nagging, holy knowing that the outside can never satisfy the inside. I know this is real quiet. Usually we're hanging off the lights and screaming and running around. I know this is quiet, but is this helping? A quick Google search of celebrities that have taken their own lives will show us that a lot of money and a lot of people screaming our name can only distract us so long. A whole bunch of cars and a whole bunch of boats and a whole bunch of toys and a whole bunch of houses and a whole bunch of parties and a whole bunch of people and a whole lot of food and a whole lot of drinks and a whole lot of everything. It can only distract you for so long until you get used to that too and you would need something else and something else and something else. But every one of those something else's wears off. What if, what if we could just yield where we are right now and say, even this thing that I think, if I could just get that, even this is just like all of those things. And find our contentment and our wholeness and our joy and our peace in who Jesus Christ is. Amen. If we can go to his word, if we can be full of his word and prayer, if we can run to him instead of running to anything else, run to our family, get together, do what the Bible tells us to do. I looked at this list. I really did Google this. And I looked at celebrity after celebrity after celebrity that for whatever reason, things were so terrible, they thought they couldn't go on. The most recent that comes to mind, of course, is Twitch. And every time the public, every time that we saw Twitch, a picture of happiness that's what he brought everybody around. Everybody around is all happy. It's all laughs. It's all fun. It's all dancing. He had a beautiful family. Have you seen his family? Look up his family. He's got beautiful wife and kids, and they do things, and things were so bad inside that he couldn't take it anymore. Of course, Robin Williams will never leave our hearts and minds. We sit and look and say, how? How could it be? But it's true. It's true. Nothing on the outside satisfies. No amount of awards and earthly accolades, no matter how high the earth can lift you, no matter how many nice things they can say about you, none of that 
can do what only Jesus Christ can do on the inside of a human being. Amen. So let's step back, though, from extreme depression and suicide. Let's not go that far right this second. There are many people, regular, everyday life. They may not consider themselves a depressed person, certainly not suicidal, but still... People are simply stuck in a repeated cycle of prioritizing the wrong things because of the wrong motives. Galatians 1 and 10. Am I now trying to win the favor and approval of men or of God? Or am I seeking to please someone? If I were still trying to be popular with men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. We cannot serve Jesus and serve our own pride at the same time. We will either be doing one or the other. If we are trying to impress human beings... We are not getting anything done for the kingdom. If we are trying to rally enough support that we feel enough validation that we're okay, then we are not leaning on Jesus for our peace and our wholeness. It's crazy the time we live in. Uh, 20 years ago, nobody knew what an influencer was. And now you've got and now you've got kids. You've got teenage kids that are having to go to the doctor and take medicines when they lose too many followers on their Instagram or TikTok account. They blow up and they become famous in the world's eyes and they love the attention. They love the people rallying behind them. They love the, the people complimenting and telling them how great their video is. And so they begin to find their identity in how much attention they can get from humanity. But the moment they don't have the attention from humanity, all of a sudden they've lost themselves it was a false identity. Our whole country is living in an identity crisis. People don't know who they are. They don't know what they are. They don't know if they're boys or if they're girls or if they're neither or if they're both. And everything is based on trying to fill this empty thing inside. And no matter what they try, it doesn't work. They say, oh, I'm this. And everybody says, okay, fine, we'll agree with you. You're this. You do that. And then they do that, and nobody fights them on doing that, and then it didn't work. So I got to be some, oh, I was not that. I was, I was this. And at the end of it, they're still empty, and they're still alone because the praises of men can never do what the approval of God can do on your life. The world can't fix it. The world cannot satisfy. John 5, 44. How can you believe? 
since you accept glory from one another, but you don't seek the glory that comes from the only God. Dealing with people here that claimed to believe. But while they claim they believe in Jesus, all of their daily business is the same. They're still trying to seek the approval of men. And the question is, how can you even say you believe when you're still trying to do everything the same way and you're still trying to get men to lift you up and you're not seeking the only glory that comes from the only God? When you satisfy your craving with people approving of you and speaking well of you, there is no motivation that exists to accomplish what God wants. When you are trying to fill yourself with making sure, listen, if I were to slow down for a moment because of the people that don't like me, you'd be looking for another pastor. If I, if I slowed down to a dress that stool was shorter than I thought, and I thought, it's not, and in my mind, I saw myself going out on the floor and how I was going to feel about that because I need a little approval from men. <laughs> and let me tell you, if you don't know that God would do something like that to me, to knock me down, you don't know him like I do, because I need it. Uh, if I would, and this has taken me years, and I haven't, I haven't perfected it, but man, I'm not where I used to be. If I would stop and take the time to address the people that have something to say about me, or try to spread something about me, or are making something up about me, I would not have time to sit and hear the Lord and put on paper what he's saying for me to deliver to the people. Can I tell you that every time somebody lies about you, that is you think the issue is what they're saying about you. You're carnal. You've missed it. It's really the devil trying to find something to get you to waste time on. If you stop to address them, if you start spending your time trying to defend yourself to people, and, oh, i got to make sure people know this isn't true. I've got to make sure that people... If you, you have already missed it, and you are quit wasting your time on people that are making stuff up, on people that are trying to tear you down, listen... The dogs may bark when the king goes by, but the king doesn't stop to bark back at the dogs. You, you, don't have, you don't have time to address lies. They've got too many of them. They have an endless supply. They have, I feel the preach coming on now. They have an endless, or maybe I'm meddling, I don't know. They have an endless resource, an endless reservoir. They are, the world is never going to run out of trash to say to you and say about you. So at some point in your Christian walk, you're going to have to decide your best yes. You're going to have 
to decide how much time you have for the devil in the life you say that you've given to God. Quit giving the devil your time. Quit giving the devil your attention. Quit worrying about what men are saying or are not saying and start giving your time and your servants and your obedience to the ministry God has called you to. Quit worrying about the praises of men. When I think I have to defeat the lie, really I am pursuing that people say the right things about me. I'm pursuing the praises of men. If I think I have to stop and defend myself, listen, if you believe it about me, you don't count anyway. Because the people that believe it don't matter and the people that matter don't believe it. Look, my jeans are stuck and showing off my Batman socks. That's what they are this week, everybody. Look, I got a little little help from the dark night today. (laughs) Nick's got Spider-Man. That's one of those guys that needed superpowers to get something done. (laughs) Batman didn't need superpowers. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, all right. When you, when you, he said Spider-Man doesn't need your approval. (laughs) When you try to satisfy your craving with people approving you, you have no time or motivation to accomplish what God wants. Now, I want to say this really strong. I am not daring to suggest that it is wrong to give credit to people where credit is due. It is not wrong to give praise to people about what they have done and encouraging them and building them up. I'm not suggesting that it's wrong to compliment people. It is not wrong to recognize their strengths and to encourage them and build them up about those things. There is plenty of Bible that tells us to do that as well. But I am warning the recipients of all compliments and all praise that we not shift our faith from the bedrock of God's word onto the butterflies of people's praise. If people encourage you, thank them and maybe take note of it. But be really careful because we can get derailed by flattery real fast. Now, I don't have any verses on flattery itself, but it's a little challenge. I'd like to encourage everybody, when you go home, Get on your Bible app and just search the word flattery and read everything the Bible has to say about flattery. And you can use that as a building block with this that I'm telling you today. There is certainly honest, even Holy Spirit-inspired compliments, praise, and credit that is given from person to person. There are some people in this life, people around you, that are so beaten down by the lies of the enemy, too often through their own family from time growing up, that they need the body of Christ to recognize the jewels that are on the inside of them and to help them, to help them to recognize those gifts, to call them up to the surface. There are certainly people that we need to celebrate and to remind them of who they are in Christ and of their value and of the work that God is doing through them. 
But it is those very people that I want to protect. The vulnerable ones that could be deceived with a compliment. That could be led astray by a compliment that has wrong motives behind it. Or trampled by insincere carnal people that don't have the right stuff behind their celebration of you. Do you hear me? Be careful with the praises of people. Some people praise you as part of a selfish, manipulative plot to get what they can use you for. There are people that will tell you anything you want to hear to get you to do for them what they don't want to do for themselves. And there are people that are trapped and manipulated and abused for years and years and years because a puppet master holding the strings knows the right things to say at the right time to get you to do what they want you to do or to come back when you finally thought that you'd leave. Be careful with the praises of people. But let's even leave that aside for a moment. Let's leave aside a strategic plot. There are too many times that the people doing the praising, they simply do it from a sentimental place instead of a place of principle. There are people that are a little too quick to start talking based on their emotions. They are people who are easily moved emotionally. And so when they make you, when you make them feel a certain way, they are ready to start shoveling out the compliments. The problem is they'll get mad at you as fast as they laughed at your joke. Do you hear me? The way that you made them feel so great that they had to compliment you, in the same way, they'll instantly be that mad and turn on you. The same principle that's at work in them that caused them to compliment you is the same thing that will cause them to run their mouth about you. We are quick to celebrate people that celebrate us without checking out their resume too close. If they appear to be in our corner, we give them a pass that we wouldn't give anybody else. Do you remember the demon-possessed girl that started following Paul around? And everywhere Paul went, she said, the servants of the Lord, the servants of the Lord, the servants of the Lord. Well, that could feel great. It would be really easy. And Paul had dealt with an issue of pride previously in his life. And so the enemy does not send somebody along to lie about Paul. The enemy sent someone along to celebrate Paul. Do you see the deception? But Paul recognized it. So while she is complimenting Paul and praising Paul, he didn't say, oh, shucks. Gee, thank you. Oh, yeah, say it again. Say it again. He said, come out of her in the name of Jesus. That's how he dealt with false praise. That's how he dealt with flattery. That's how he dealt with a compliment. Oh, series on me again here. 
That's how he dealt with that. Listen, you can't be too quick to endorse somebody and to embrace somebody just because you like what they said. It is the same thing that caught the same thing that caused them to want to be around you every moment is the same thing that will cause them to leave you the very next day. The way they base their decisions and what they choose to say and what they choose to do and who they choose to be around, they use that sa- the same thing that looked good to you, the same thing going to turn around and bite you. They might not be intentionally lying. This is when it's really tricky. They might not be intentionally lying. They might not even realize this about themselves. A lot of folks that are insincere don't know they're insincere. They're not conscious of it. They don't live intentionally. We've been talking about that. They don't live intentionally. They just float along, carried around by emotion. They are not conscious of the fact of how they're operating and what they're doing and the destruction that they're causing. They are quick to make big statements based on the fact that you made them laugh for a moment. You thinking of anybody right now? And in that same quick moment that they don't like the accountability they receive from your honesty, their love instantly switches to hate. You ever know anybody? They loved you. They were your biggest fan. And instantly, they were your biggest nightmare. They celebrated you the most and then lied about you the most. And the thing that fooled you is that there was no time in between. They were this, and then they were this. Do you know anybody? Wave to me if you know somebody. Don't feel bad. They praise God that same way every Sunday. And they don't do a single thing he says to do all week long. They are only treating people the same way they treat God. It's who they are. Outwardly, everything is a huge, feely put on. They will celebrate you with tears and flowery words because you gave them a good feeling. But they don't have an ounce of character in their whole being. They are full of praises, but they have no principle. Matthew 15, verse 8. This people draweth nigh to me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. You see, they major on outward accolades, and they point to a laundry list of religious activities but it's empty, but it's empty. John 4, 21. Jesus saith unto this, unto, unto her, woman, believe me, the hour cometh. You will not, let me back up. When you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You see, they were good at saying, we worship over here. And we worship over here. And we worship like this. He said, this ain't about you worship over there or you worship over here. You worship you know not what. We know what we worship. 
for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You see, the religious of this day, everything was outward. Everything was creating the image of spirituality. The Pharisees had everything perfect on the outside. There's your fill in the blank. Everything perfect on the outside, but all of it was a show. And these are the very ones. These Pharisees are the very ones that the people in our text wanted to get credentials from. The Pharisees, they had the prettiest garb and the biggest hats and the stones and the chains and and the rings and all of this stuff. Didn't have any relationship with God. But the people rejected Jesus to get the approval of the human being with the most stuff. Matthew 23. Woe to you, self-righteous scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. Be cautious of those that only give compliments but ignore reality. Be cautious. You've got people in your life that they will tell you what you want to hear. And they will ignore what both of you know is wrong with you. But grandma won't. Come on. You've also got somebody in your life that will say, yeah, that is true. But... And then they'll tell you what is also true about you. Because they're not going to let you be built up on a false foundation of flowery compliments and be destroyed by not getting that thing in check. Come on. Be cautious of people that only compliment you because soon their manic episode of being in love with you will change when the wind changes. If you ever start avoiding what you know to relish in their praises, then you're the fool. If we ever start ignoring what we know is actually true, to just enjoy being praised by men and their approval, then we're the fool. You're allowing yourself to climb high on a styrofoam ladder. Listen, be careful of folks that celebrate you a little too much, a little too quickly. Don't trust that kind of carnal fluff. If you do, you'll start surrounding yourself with people that make you think you're something really great that will drop you just as fast as they started parading you on their shoulders. Standing on the ground is hard, but there's nowhere to fall. 
Come on. If you're going to go higher, let God build the props under you. Stand on the rock that keeps rising higher under you. Don't get disillusioned by carnal people. Ephesians 4 and 14. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from, the, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every, what is a mouthful, isn't it? In the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. We are supposed to pursue Jesus together and be fit together as a body to guard us from the predator outside that's coming to divide and fool us and deceive us and carry us away. Listen to this. This is what the Bible has to say about folks that are living in that place of emotion. James 1, 6. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think he'll receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. I used to get so excited when people would come to the church and they would, they would come in and they would visit, it'd be the first service, we've just met them, and they would love the music and they would love the preaching and they would say, I'm making this my home church. I used to get so excited when people came right in and were just ready to celebrate what they saw. I learned that people who are quick to make big decisions remain quick to make big decisions. They will change it as quickly as they declared it. They do everything in their life in haste. They make their choices based on feelings instead of prayer and research and godly counsel. Oftentimes, they cause us to become too quick in embracing them when they say all the right stuff and maybe it's the stuff we're wanting to hear we forget to be slow and call their references the church they came from and the church before that and the church before that and the church before that there was a family one time it came in, and it, looks, it was a big family. So instantly, you got a, a whole bunch more people at church. And they had a ministry background, and they had a tremendous skill set in different ages and could do different things, and they came in. And they were so happy to find us because can you believe that 10 churches in a row before you treated us wrong? <laughs> This church did this to us, and then this one did it, and we couldn't believe it. 
And we're so happy to be here. We're not. <laughs> we are not happy you're here. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and guess what? We are one more on that list. And there are several more. There are several more down the road. It was funny because uh, there were there was that family, and then there was a, a couple that attended the church at the same time. And uh, the the gentleman who was kind of the leader of this whole family, he had come to me, and he said, "You you do not preach enough on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You just don't preach enough on the baptism of the Holy Spirit." Now, this other guy, he had come to me about the same time, within, within a couple weeks. He said, you preach way too much on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit all the time. They both left the church and both went to the same one. <laughs> so then I knew they were crazy and I wasn't, you know. Anyway, people make us too quick. We need a background check. The Bible says this, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 12. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them highly in love for their worth's sake, work's sake, and be at peace amongst yourselves. So he's not talking about not respecting people. There's great respect and esteem here. But the first thing was, we need to know them. You need to know those that you're laboring with. It shouldn't be this flowery surface stuff. You need to know them. When you see folks that don't do things the biblical way, that tells you, that they don't do things the biblical way. Come on. If you see people that don't operate right, you can trust them that they don't operate right. Maya Angelou said, when people show you who they really are, believe them the first time. Amen? We are too quick to do the same thing they're doing. They impress us, and suddenly we start giving them space in our foundation. 1 Timothy 5 and 22. Lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of any of other men's sins. Keep thyself here. What he's talking about here, lay hands suddenly on no man. He's talking about instating someone in position. He's talking about the ordination process. Don't be too quick to appoint people in your life. Don't be too quick to appoint and approve of someone in a church work. Uh, almost two years ago, there was a, a young lady, and she had showed up at this church. She was showing up to a whole bunch of churches at the same time. But she showed up here, and she wanted to help run the nursery. And we said, uh, thank you so much for your heart. Um, we are set up here that you have to be here for X amount of time, 
and have decided to become a member before you can take part in any particular position. Because I ain't putting you back there with the kids before we know you. You know, you're not getting up here before I know you. You're not handling the money before I know you. You're not, you're not going to sit up there, and I don't know what kind of text you're typing out to go to the live stream before I know you. Come on, somebody. But the kids is the biggest one. The kids is the biggest one. Some things are circumstantial. Sometimes there are situations with different things where somebody might do something uh, a little sooner. But this girl, she wanted to do this. We said, no, we don't do it that way here. We don't do it that way here. Well, she didn't want to do it like that. So, boom, she went somewhere else. And she went somewhere else. And she went somewhere else. And do you know that person suddenly... That person is telling how horrible that every church in the whole area is. That, that person is telling what's wrong with every church and every person in the whole area because nobody would let her bully her way into getting back there with some kids. Do you hear me? We needed nursery help. Too many times you have a need and somebody shows up in your life and you say, ah, deliverance has come, a rescue, a help. And you throw out all good sense. You throw out everything you know based on what this person can do for you. Don't do that. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Lay hands on no man suddenly. Quit position, giving people position in your life. You don't even know. Be so careful with the praises of men. The same ones that compliment you are the same ones that don't do anything that they say. I am more interested in finding people of their word than people who have lots of words. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. I know this has been different. I'm, I'm done. That's all I got to say. I know this has been different today, a different kind of message. This is what I feel like the Lord gave me to give. And I know we're in a season of discipleship and that the Holy Spirit is trying to equip us and build wisdom and prepare us for where he has taken us in our life. I hope somebody got something out of this word. Would you Thanks again for listening to the River Audio Podcast. We hope that these weekly sermons are an encouragement to your life. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at theriverworshipcenter.org and on Facebook and Instagram at The River.